lyrics of the lost. Oh, hello. Welcome back for episode 14 of this recording, which is still called a podcast, despite Apple recently dropping all iPods from manufacture. But we're still casting at them anyway, apparently. And, and a reminder that you can still burn this podcast to CD and listen on your Sony Walkman, if you prefer. Every, everybody's welcome. Uh, it's almost time now to, to welcome Dave, uh, a bit of a purist who only listens to podcasts in vinyl. I, I don't mean in the form of vinyl records. I mean that he listens while reclining on a chaise and dressed in a tight black vinyl catsuit. Welcome, Dave. Well, thank you very much. In fact, I prefer to print my podcasts onto vinyl LPs and then record them on cassette, and then I can listen ah. to them when I'm out. Yeah, yeah. Sort of transfer a bit of the the vinyl crackle of the needle on the vinyl. And... Absolutely. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Our subject today uh, was requested by a longtime listener and friend of the show, Lenny, who we'll be hearing from shortly. And in fact, it was uh, first requested a year ago by Jason. Sorry, Jason. Thanks. So we can't ignore the pressure any longer. Let's not mess about. Episode 14 is this. Susudio, Phil Collins, 1985. Hi there, guys. Thanks for letting me invade the audio man cave that is Lyrics of the Lost. This episode song is my pick, and I really do have to apologise for that up front. I am sorry. Ouch. Lenny's put the boot in straight away. Just as I was thinking, uh, we should start by wishing Phil the very best of health, as he seems quite poorly of late, and I think he's announced he won't be touring anymore. Is that right, Dave? Yeah, in fact, they recently completed a sort of a farewell tour with Genesis, and he can... Well, he can no yeah. longer play drums at all. In fact, he says he can barely hold a stick. Ooh. In the YouTube videos I've seen, he's always sitting down. So I think he's yeah. has trouble even just walking and standing up. Yeah, I saw him sitting down. Yeah. yeah. Poor old Phil. Good on you, Phil. Yeah. Fight the good fight, all that. But his, su his son is carrying on the good work, though. His son plays drums. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. that's something. Yeah. Live vicariously through your son. Exactly. Yeah. That's what sons are for. That's all any of us want to do. Uh, Lenny continues. Just to clarify, I have no particular affection for Genesis. They always make me picture an embarrassing dad dancing at a 21st birthday. But this song is undeniably catchy in that oh-so-very-dated 80s way. A song about everything and nothing all at once. I, I'd say it's a song about just one thing that means everything to a young guy that, that Phil is singing as. Well, I think we can explore that later, but there, there are several ways we can interpret that song. This song, When this song came out, and for probably a lot of the 80s, I was a pretty big Phil Collins fan, also a Genesis fan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and this is the first time on this podcast that I can say I was any kind of fan of any of the... Um, artists yeah i quite enjoyed him too we, we saw him live at, at one point um i can't remember what the tour was called but it was the one that had all that circus theming 
Ah, uh, yes. I, well, I, I saw him on the tour for this album as well. It was kind of the period where we were moving into peak Phil Collins time. Mm, mm. So this was this would have been No Jacket Required tour. That's the one. Yep. No Jacket mm. Required. I had the album. Yep. Saw the tour. Brilliant. Yeah. So, I mean, I see this song as a, a very simple declaration of love from a, a young guy about a girl he barely knows. It's not sung to her, it's sung about her. It's all internal. The early intense and overwhelming feelings of desire based just on physical attraction. And and the lyrics don't seem to venture anywhere else. It's just youthful, one-sided infatuation. Well, that's one way of looking at it. Yeah, okay. Well, I'll be interested to hear any <laughs> alternate takes, but I thought it was pretty pure. <laughs> no, I've got five alternate takes. Oh, my goodness. Yep. We'll start with uh, drugs. It's a drug song. Ooh. Is love the drug? No. Is sexual desire a drug? Or is it is drug a drug? Is that what you're saying? Drugs are drugs. It was the 80s. Ah, okay. Yep. So, you know, cocaine. Ev- yep. Everyone was constantly doing blow, bump, big C, coke, crack, dust, flake, line, <laughs> nose candy, pearl, rail, snow, sneeze, sniff, speedball, susudio, toot, white rock. Oh my God. It was, susudio was a euphemism for, for cocaine itself as well, was it? Absolutely. I can't believe you've never heard it before. So, are you saying. <laughs> Phil had heard Susudio used as a euphemism for drugs and it wasn't subsequently became a euphemism uh, for drugs. I think it's their code word. I think... Code word, right. If you you listen to the song, you know, he's... He's a bit nervous about taking drugs. Right, right. You know, he's he's obviously very enthusiastic but nervous. Yes. Uh, They make him feel so good. Yep. You know, so, you know, you've got your Lucy in the Sky with Diamond, you've got your Eight Miles High, you've got your Needle in the Damage Done, you've got your Susudio. Wow, this has blown my mind. I, yep. I I did not see this coming at all. Well, as I say, he was probably a little bit nervous about getting into the Susudio and, and maybe other types of drugs, but I'm I'm fairly sure... You know, after the show, they'd all be in the back of the tour bus doing lines of Susudio off a hooker's ass. Well, okay. Yeah, sure. Or cleavage. Or cleavage. Some sort of cleavage. Yeah. Either front cleavage or back cleavage. It's all fine. Yeah. Um, well, that's, that's, uh, I can see how that works. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to have her, have her now. Yeah. Yeah, got to yep. get closer, but I don't know how. So he needs to find a dealer yep. that's, uh, that's going to work. Well, yeah, it, it really does all fit. And obviously the drug doesn't know his name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the drug's very fickle. It will, go, yep. it will go home with anyone. That's right, but he thinks it likes him. So, he, you know, he's drawn to it and he clearly likes it. Right. Yeah. As I say, he's a bit nervous. He's probably worried about addiction or, you know, wearing away his nasal septum. Uh, (laughs) But still quite keen. Blimey. Well, I've got four more if you want to hear them. Yeah, all right. Give me another one. All right. It's a song of empowerment. It's about facing your fears. Okay. So 
something can make you nervous, can make you scared. Yeah. You know, it doesn't really tell you what the scary thing is, but clearly it's something that's so terrifying that he finds hard to say it out loud. So he uses the word susudio. It could be bungee jumping. Could be bungee jumping. Yeah. Um, and so it's metaphorical. The object of fear is embodied as a woman or a girl, um, but it's, you know, that, the word's just a placeholder. Huh. So, you know, just say the word, oh, snakes, or just say the word, <laughs> oh, confined spaces. Uh, <laughs> just say the word oh public speaking oh yes just say the word oh dad i'm gay so <laughs> no any anything anything like that saying the word it, maybe that doesn't literally mean saying the name of what you're afraid of maybe it means you know actually not avoiding the cause of your fear anxiety can lead to avoidance avoidance can limit your life Fear leads to mm. anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. <laughs> so, oh, and then it leads to the phantom menace, which nobody it, wants to see. Exactly. And it leads to Jar Jar Binks. Golly. So face those fears, say the word. By facing your fears, you can overcome them and then you feel so good. See? What a, what a positive message. I know. Of, of hope and good cheer. Well, it just makes all my interpretations of this song just uh, pale in comparison. I mean, I thought pretty much the only real mystery here was about the the title lyrics, the studio. I never knew what to make of this title. I, I, the, the first thing I can tell you is that as I type it in Microsoft Word, it underlines it as a misspelling, but it doesn't have any suggestions as to what the word to correct it to is. Yeah. The full might of Microsoft is completely flummoxed by Susudio. <laughs> I expected more from Bill Gates, frankly, but uh, he's got nothing. Uh, Lenny continues. I'll leave the hardcore feminist analysis to you guys. You're very good at it. Thank you. Yes, we are very we are very woke. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> and as, as we've shown time and time again, anything to do with feminism is best uh Examined by men. Yes. Presumably telling the women what to do. It's best mansplained. Yep. The one thing that I found most telling about Susu Studio is that stutter device that Phil Collins uses. All too often in pop culture, we see that nerdy guy, the dumbstruck or stammering at the sight of an attractive woman. I think it's meant to make them more relatable. Besotted and vulnerable, moments away from soiling themselves, such as the power of their emotion. They're literally unable to control themselves. Yeah, sounds about right. When I first heard it, I thought Susudio had a connection to the word element pseudo, meaning fake, as in this podcast is pseudo entertainment. It's, it's mostly a self-indulgent vanity project. But in the context of this song... You've literally just uh, defined podcasting. <laughs> yes, that's, that's true of many. But in the context of this song... I think uh, pseudo could suggest that the girl he's infatuated with is a pseudo person because she's pretty much a made-up character that's extrapolated from a girl he's only seen or barely knows. Um, Phil sings, Now I know that I'm too young. He's too young. And it's easy for young lads to be overcome with desire for someone they've just seen. Uh, we, just, we just start wondering what the girl is really like. 
and then that's immediately distorted by our own hopes and dreams until we've formed a construct of this person in our minds that is probably wildly different to who they really are, but it reflects our own needs, our own projections. We convince ourselves that they are completely wonderful, we put them on a pedestal, and it's no wonder she then makes me nervous, makes me scared. And then any potential relationship is pretty doomed to fail after that. He can't talk to her. He'll probably just hang around, continue to watch her, maybe follow her. She starts to get creeped out. She runs from him. He tries to explain. And before you know it, he's digging a shallow grave and weeping, what have I done? What have I done? I'm, I'm a little stunned at where that ended up, but yes. You're saying she's a pseudo person because mm-hmm. it's, she's kind of a fantasy person. What if she was literally an artificial person? So what if Susudio is predicting the future a little bit in the name of maybe it's something like a, a virtual assistant or more likely a voice-activated sex robot? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm thinking you know something like Amazon Echo, but with a realistic working vagina. <laughs> so you know he feels so good when he says the word you know instead of uh-huh. saying alexa playing no jacket required it's uh susudio make me feel good it's hey siri but it's hey susudio yep activate adult functions make me feel good yeah okay i probably think a little bit too much about it but you know sensibly he's nervous about interacting with his voice activated sex robot what if you accidentally say the wrong word you might go from feeling so good to um, some kind of terrible and very personal injury yes you might activate the toaster function instead and with, exactly with your, yeah. with your bits inside and yeah that's no good yeah and then you find you've you know accidentally reordered your week's shopping as well <laughs> yeah you, you can really invest an awful lot of uh yeah personal to-dos in these ai type things Control your lighting. Yep. All sorts of things. Yeah. Scary. What a scary world. Scary world. Anyway, where was I? Um, yeah, I was talking about pseudo, the word element pseudo. Um, but it's it's pseudo, not just pseudo. So, yeah, as Lenny points out, uh, Phil could be doing a very un-PC, stuttering mispronunciation of the word pseudo. Something like how Porky Pig would say it, or... Ken from A Fish Called Wanda. Or, I was thinking, mm-hmm. it could be that young Phil has actually met this girl and she's just told him her name, but he was too busy looking at all her lovely features in such a dreamy daze that he didn't really hear. But now it's his turn to speak suddenly and he's frantically trying to recall what she's said. <laughs> God was was her name Susan? No, maybe it was it was it was Judy. No, maybe Cleo. And so then he anxiously blurts out all three names together as Susudio. Simple. <laughs> Happens all the time. What if that was her actual name? What if her name was actually Sue Susudio? Yeah. Well, um, that's. Just extremely unusual, but uh, you is. can't discount that. That, that mm-hmm. is a possibility. Uh, it's a multicultural world. Yeah. Short for Susan's a studio. 
daughter of Brian Susudio <laughs> and Janice Susudio. <laughs> I think it would be cruel if your surname was Susudio to um, to also call your daughter Susan. Susan Susudio. That would be like if my parents had given me your name and I'd be David Davis, that would be, uh, that's just not good. No. No. Just as a note to listeners, I am allowed to uh, mimic a stutter as I have in the, in the previous section uh, uh, because I do have a stutter, except you'd never know because I edit them, edit them all out of these recordings. Um, but I'm out of the stuttering closet now, and, and Dave, uh, I thank you for your patience in, in all these sessions. That's fine. The, the five-hour recording sessions do get a little bit tiring, but we get there. I know. You're a trooper. You're a trooper. Yeah. And um, my dad was also a huge stutterer. Um, he was grounded in World War II because of it in the Air Force because, you know, it's really important. You need to be able to make clear and concise radio calls in combat. The sort of thing like, I say, Algy, this is a right piece super. We'd best get a look at this top size before Cousin Jerry <laughs> Ballywell has us in a spot and bang to rights. Over. That sort of thing. Yeah, my dad would have really struggled with that. So, you know, it's fair enough, but it's, uh, it's cruel. It might have saved his life. Yeah, yeah, might have saved... Uh, Many lives, really, with algae. Uh, Lenny continues. I started thinking about how often speech difficulties are portrayed in pop music by people with perfectly silky smooth verbal acuity. It happens a lot. Um, here's a few of my favourites. David Bowie's Ch-Ch-Ch-Changes. Uh, Benny and the Jets by Elton John. My 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 Sharona by the band that didn't seem to have a knack for hits. I see what you did there. Boing. And let's not forget that horrifying 80s toe-tapper stutter rap by Morris Minor and the Majors. Although well, they might not really have a foot in the emotionally vulnerable camp, being comedians such as they were. Yes, lots of examples there. I, I think many artists might argue they're not referencing a speech impediment, but using it as a legitimate musical vocal device to add emphasis and rhythm or something yeah and it can in some of those examples it can come across as quite aggressive so you know lenny's talking about men being sort of uh, nervous and stuttering in the presence of the woman um oh yeah but think about my sharona like he's stuttering so the stuttering might suggest he's nervous and shy but the way it's all delivered mm. makes it pretty clear that he's not in the least bit nervous and he's probably pretty proud of himself and yeah. quite proud of his fondness for underage girls. Um, right. Where he sings, I always get it up for the younger kind. So it's more like... Um, oh, God, is that one of the lines from oh, that? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I always get Thanks. it up for the younger kind. So it, in that context, it's more like I'm such a big horny man with my massive erect penis that I can barely even speak properly anymore. Rather wow. Than yeah. But I, there's <laughs> another example of... A stuttery song. Do you know My Generation by The Who? Oh, yeah, um, of course. Yeah, Roger Daltrey sings, Why don't you all just. Yeah. He sings, Why don't you all just fade away? Ah, as in like he wanted to say the F word, but. Exactly. Yes. So maybe I'll leave it to your imagination whether maybe studio means something else. Wow, the mind boggles. S -s 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 suck my yeah. 
anything yeah could go anywhere yeah. there yeah. yeah there you go yikes much more to this song than you ever considered <laughs> um and lenny continues What's really annoying about this device is that singing is actually supposed to help when it comes to speech difficulty. There's an article I looked up especially for this um, on the therapeutic effects of singing in neurological disorders, um, written by people with presumably more experience in the matter than Phil Collins. It showed that singing reduced the frequency of stuttering by over 90%, which is amazing. Stick that in the hat that covers your bald spot, Phil Collins. I don't think that last comment is very fair. He doesn't so much have, or he didn't so much have a bald spot. He had he had the male pattern baldness that sort of marches back from the upper sides, uh, leaving a sort of widow's peak that then becomes a small island of hair as the baldness connects around the back in a sort of donut of baldness with a hair spot at the top, not a bald <laughs> spot, a hair spot. And then, and then he had this scraggly mullet of, of hair behind um, and the balding mullet is, is still championed uh, by comedian Bill Bailey, um, but I think has otherwise died out. Um, I'm also don't really recall Phil Collins wearing many hats. No, I think I think I think maybe Lenny might be um, confused with um, Maurice Gibb, maybe from the Bee Gees. <laughs> he took to wearing a hat, but to Lenny's point, yes, stuttering is relieved by singing, uh, so stuttered singing is quite ironic, don't you think? If only Alanis Morissette had uh, tried that in her ironic song. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, good point, Lenny. I read online a list of singers with actual stutters. Apparently it includes uh, Ed Sheeran, Carly Simon, Chris Martin of Coldplay, Elvis Presley, Noel Gallagher, Kylie Minogue and others. But I don't recall any of them stuttering in their songs. Uh, they, they might have perhaps thought it was bad taste. But uh, who knows? It's just an artistic choice. Yeah. I think it's also interesting to compare the wording between these lines. She don't even know my name. She don't even know my name. But then later we have... I feel so good if I just say the word Sissudio. Not the name Sissudio, but the word. So it's like he knows it's not a name. So possibly it is a code word for her because he doesn't know her name, hasn't met her yet. Um, but even as a code word, it's still a very strange name slash word. Yes. Well, what if it's not a name at all? What if it's a form of mind control? This is my last <gasps> interpretation of the word oh, studio. Like a trigger word to take control of someone hypnotically. Exactly. Yeah. Post-hypnotic suggestion. So he says that. And then if this girl who he's previously hypnotized uh, does something that then makes him feel good <laughs> because he's just said the word. Exactly. So he, you know, he might be a fearful, reclusive, obsessive man. He's obsessed with this girl, but he's scared of her, maybe he's scared of all women because of this fear. He wants to control her. Hmm. Um, and we don't know why or how he's gained some kind of control of her mind. Maybe it's hypnotic. Maybe it's black magic. Um, yeah, yeah. So he'd have to, at a previous point, find a bit of a quiet moment in which to uh, hypnotize her. 
or if it, black magic, yeah, it could be done, you know, completely uh, without her presence and just over a cauldron with um, bits of uh, frog and um, chicken giblets mixed together and with some incantations over the top. Yeah. Yeah. I think the hard part would be fitting the word Susudio just like normally into a conversation so that he could activate the mind control. Yeah, well, yes, but also you wouldn't want to make it a word that uh, was said accidentally <laughs> in the true. wrong circumstances. <laughs> yes. She might then make someone else feel good in that special way. And unfortunately, the stupid, boring truth of the matter, after looking it up, is that Phil was just vocalising word sounds to fit in with the music he was creating. Um, Phil Collins intended to revisit this title lyric and find a word that would scan just as well to replace it, but apparently he couldn't find one. Not, not one that fit as well as Susudio. So he just kept that gibberish title. There are no actual real words in any known language that could be used <laughs> instead of Susudio. Apparently not. He, no. he explained this himself in an interview with David Letterman, which is still on YouTube. That's his story. Yeah. See, of course, the fact is, Phil just didn't look very hard to replace that word because the existing name he should have found to replace the studio is obviously Pinocchio. Ah. And this, this name just slips in with minimal change to the lyrics, um, if, if you'll allow me to sing. I insist. Very good. A wooden boy has been on my mind all the time. Pino Pinocchio. So that bit works easy. And next I have, I know his nose gets very long. It's to teach kids that lion is wrong. Pino Pinocchio. And uh, just finally, he don't even know how to sail. That's how he ended up inside a whale. Pino Pinocchio. <laughs> All fixed. <laughs> that's something everyone can enjoy. Yeah, that's it's much more wholesome. Yeah. Uh, I read on the internet several false rumors about the title Susudio. Rumor number one is that Phil Collins worked in a studio with a man who had a severe stutter. Referring to the studio, he ended up saying Susu-Sudio instead. Um, and supposedly that's good enough for Phil to use that as a title, but that's not true. I really hope that's not true because he seems to be pretty much directly making fun of that guy. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. Boo, don't like that one. No, no, no. The second rumor I've got, Collins was listening to a Japanese person mispronounced studio also false also racist and it's gone racist now as well it's um, <laughs> it's very much mickey rooney in um, breakfast at <laughs> tiffany's <laughs> now some also this is number three some say studio is spanish and means sue gave and I don't see that that adds anything in the context of the song <laughs> anyway but apparently that's uh, one of the rumors um, and finally, one person online who claims to be related to Phil uh, says he uses nonsense words like this all the time due to a severe form of OCD that has Tourette's-like features. And so he's basically always speaking in tongues. And uh, 
Uh-oh. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know that that's true. Yeah, that sounds like total shit. Another uh, couple of lines I'd like to listen to here. Um, give me a chance, give me a sign. Ooh, give me a chance, give me a sign. And then the next line. I'll show her any time. I'll show her what any time, Dave? Do not want to know, frankly. You don't want to know, no. Well, I don't want to know what he wants to show her any time. Yeah, it could be a what, or or maybe uh, he's willing to show her any sort of time she likes. He's going to show her a good time. Yeah, I mean, well, if it can't be a romantic time or a sexy time, he'll show her a fun time or a serious time. He'll help her do her chores. Uh, help her move furniture. He'll he'll give her a lift to her boyfriend's place. Basically, <laughs> do anything to bask in her presence uh, for a little while longer. But there's also an old phrase, like an insult, that goes, "I wouldn't give them the time of day," which I, I think has been replaced in modern times with, "I wouldn't pee on them if they were on fire." <laughs> but when Phil sings, "I'll show her any time." He's saying he very much would give her the time of day. In fact, he seems willing to, to reset his watch uh, to show her any time of day that she might want to see. He would definitely pee on her if she was on fire. Yes, I'm sure he would. What if um, this being the mid-80s, he's just got a digital watch? Yeah. And he just really wants to show her the time on his digital watch. I'll show her any time. It's quarter to four. Look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, that's right. Yep, you could eight fifty six showing off his digital watch. Yep, yep. And, and all she has to do is um is is give me a sign, um so she might like raise one arm directly up in the air and then uh, another arm she might um uh, point out to her left in a sort of semaphore version sign of of, of three p.m. Oh, yeah, and he would duly reset his watch to three p.m. and show the face of his watch to her. Here you go, love. Three p.m. Yep. Want to see any more times? Uh, just give me a sign. I'll show you some more times. Yeah. In the unused in the unused extra verse of the song, he wants to show her the calculator function as well. Yeah, he might he might want to spell out boobies upside down. Well, who doesn't who doesn't or, want to do that? Or shell oil. Um yeah. there's another one you could do. Yep. Yeah. We used to do boobless. Boobless. Yeah. Fair enough. I don't know why. Just because you could. I don't know why boobless is more exciting than boobies, but boobless. Yep. No, I remember that. Yep. Yeah. When shell oil's not that exciting, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, I've got some notable achievements and trivia that I've dug up uh, about the song. Um, Susudio features in part of Weird Al Yankovic's uh, Polka Party Medley. seem to bring up whatever Weird Al Yankovic has done. <laughs> I mentioned the uh, Letterman interview where Phil also, uh, he performs in a comedy sketch where he's in the green room, apparently writing lyrics to this very song. And also in the room, one of the show's stagehands happens to be assembling a wooden birdhouse for no apparent reason. But uh, during this process, he hits his finger and cries out expletives like 
Jiminy Cricket, Hoochie Mama, Susudio. And Phil exclaims, that's it, and copies it down in his little notebook. How very amusing. That's very funny. Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, one incident that is perhaps the sickest burn against this song and Phil Collins is that it's the personal favourite of one Patrick Bateman, the fictional serial killer from American Psycho, a novel by Brett Easton Ellis that became a film starring Christian Bale. Have you seen that, Dave? I have. I've read read the book. I've seen the movie. Yeah, me too. Um, I've Googled Susudio and found that most of what comes up is about Patrick Bateman. Yeah, yeah. And from memory, everything that Patrick Bateman likes and values is superficial and devoid of real feeling, uh, like the outward mask of the psychopath himself. Um, I'll play a bit here where he's explaining to two prostitutes that he later kills. Do you like Phil Collins? I've been a big Genesis fan ever since the release of their 1980 album, Duke. Before that, I really didn't understand any of their work. It was too artsy, too intellectual. This is Susudio, a great, great song. Personal favorite. He didn't understand the earlier Genesis songs when Peter Gabriel was leading the group, but he loves Phil Collins. Ouch. It's possible to like both and not be a serial killer. <laughs> we'll assume you're not a serial killer then, if you're saying you like both. You can assume that. All right. And uh, yes, I, I found shockingly that there is a nightclub called Susudio, which has only just opened a couple of months ago here in Sydney. Well, I wasn't aware of that fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, their Facebook page has some Phil Collins album art as the cover image. So it's definitely a tribute of some kind to him, but they don't seem like they play 80s hits there. There's mention of rave, house, electronic dance music, DJs, and photos of really young people dancing, and they can't be dancing to Phil. I've messaged them to clarify what's with the Phil Collins theming, but, you know, they're, they're just too cool for school and they won't respond to me. So it uh, just leaves one to wonder, um, do they sort of flirt with music history for some kind of reflected legitimacy, even though they don't want to listen to it? Or is there an, an old guy bankrolling the, the place who's a bit of a, an 80s tragic or, I mean, is it a sarcastic joke? Are they theming with Phil Collins out of pure anti-boomer sarcasm? Or is it a tribute to Patrick Bateman and American Psycho? Because he went to sort of clubs that look like this. Um, maybe this is actually a trap to lure old boomers in and then assail them with dance music. And, and they go, oh, I don't like this. And what's all this plastic on the floor? And then a crowd of 20-year-olds just stab them and, until they uh, completely bleed out. Sounds plausible. Yeah, it's all very strange. And so I decided to go down there and interview some of the people lining up outside and begin by asking them what they're expecting inside. But then it was going to take at least 30 minutes to drive there and it's hard to park, so I, I didn't bother. <laughs> uh, but instead, I, I did read... Some of their Google reviews for more clues, uh, but I only learned that they charge, quote, $17 for a vodka lime soda, though. 
and uh, someone else was unhappy with the security team not letting anyone in without a booking. Did they need to wear a jacket? Ah, I see what you did there. No jacket required. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah see, yeah. Well, who knows? They can be pretty scrappy, those um, security people. Yeah. If they don't like the look of you, not in them shoes, mate, etc. Yeah. But seriously, why would you name a nightclub a studio? I, I really don't know. <laughs> and, and equally unlikely, there's another Susudio, a youth jazz band in Sydney called the Susudio Big Band, formed in 2004. They performed Glenn Miller, Ella Fitzgerald, Sinatra, no mention of Phil Collins. <laughs> so <laughs> what are they doing? <laughs> what are they doing with that name? I think I did see that, but I just assumed they were performing jazz versions of Phil Collins songs. Clearly not. No, no. Clearly, the influence of Phil Collins uh, crosses boundaries of all music genres. Well, that's everything sus about the studio. All wrapped up. Should have been Pinocchio, but there you go. Uh, any sponsors to thank this week, Dave? Well, I think I've spoken about home appliances a few times before, but I'd like mm. to bring up one more, and that's the air fryer. Oh, you've got one. This week, I'm brought to you by air fryers. Well, we've had two. Oh, that doesn't sound good. No, no, it's good. We bought the cheapest one you could get from Kmart, mm. realized it was great, but we could do so much more if we bought a better one. So we gave that one to my mother-in-law, and then we bought a much cooler one. Okay. And, uh, and there's, there's wonderful health benefits from not frying in oil, presumably? Well, yes and no, because I think part of the benefit is that we're now eating a lot more chips. Ah, okay. I see. Yes. Hmm. <laughs> Swings and roundabouts. Swings and roundabouts. Yes. <laughs> well, I'd like to thank uh, Infinity Bakery, who have had a uh, delivery van parked outside our flat this week uh, with its attractive signage and catchy name. Infinity Bakery have locations now in Darlinghurst, Surrey Hills, and Manly. If you've been looking for a limitless expanse of space and time within your baked goods, why not stop in at the curiously named Infinity Bakery? Thanks, guys. Mm. Infinity Bakery. Is that how long the truck's going to be parked outside your place? Well, seems like. Yeah. It's, a, it's a far way away from the inner city sites. But clearly, the... Um, the delivery drivers uh, can't afford to live in those locations, so they're out here. <laughs> well, that's it. Lyrics of the Lost. Lost. 